Okay, we are starting two minutes late, but with all we <laughs> all we had to do, we're we're doing good to even start at six thirty-two. So, welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church Bible Study, and uh, been a while since we've done one this way. We've been doing it in the other room. Okay. Oh, oh, wait a minute, I forgot to turn my mic on. This one's been picking me up. You're actually, yeah, it's picking you up. All right, see, all right, maybe that's, is that on now? We don't know if it's on or not. I think it's on. All right, anyway. So welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church Bible Study, and here's what we're going to do. We actually pray just before we read the Bible, so we will start with sing a few hymns. Now, if you grew up in church like I did, you recognize these hymns, and I don't know how to get you to be able to sing along with us, um, but we'll, we probably won't sing much tonight, just being our first one getting going, and then we'll get into reading and studying the Bible. And uh, the plan is, because I would sound like I'm doing it all by myself, and there's actually a total of four people here, plus I've got two other people in the other room, running, one running the audio, one running the video. Um, so, let's, uh, let's, let's sing a song or two, and if you can search for it right now and get your own copy, it's called the All-American Church Hymnal, All-American Church Hymnal, and that's what we're going to be singing out of tonight, and I'm going to go ahead and mute my mic so it picks it up from there, so... Hopefully we sound... Okay, here we go. Boy, that's a good one. And this is what we do. We flip through, and the rule is if Stan doesn't know it, then you got to lead it. So if you don't want to be leading it, I need to know it. We'll start with one I know. Okay, here we go. How about number 32? Number 32. When the roll is called up yonder... <coughs> And it is, if I'm reading this right, E, G, B, D flat. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more, and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair, when the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there too. On that bright and cloudless morning when the dead in Christ shall rise and the glory of his resurrection share, when his chosen one shall gather to their home beyond the skies, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there three. Let us labor for the Master from the dawn till setting sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. 
Then when all life is over and our work on earth is done, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, hold it. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Okay, that's good for tonight. We'll start with just one. <coughs> and we've got our King James Bible, and I'm going to turn on my mic. But the plan is that when we go around to other people that are reading, we'll hand the other mic around to them. So why don't we start? I'll be the first one to read, and then I'll, I'll let you read, okay? So we're in John chapter 1. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. King James Bible, of course. John chapter 1. Page 162. All right. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in chapter 19 of Revelation, And I saw heaven open, behold a white horse, him set upon him is called faithful and true and in righteousness he, and in righteousness he doth judge. His eyes were as a flame of fire and his, on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written which no man knew but he himself. Now here it is. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. So the Word is talking about Jesus. Verse 2. The same was in the beginning with God and all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, I believe that when, G, when, when God said, when the Father said, let there be light, that was the beginning of creation. Because Jesus is the light of the world for all eternity. And what is talking about light here is talking about the light of of life. When the sperm meets the ovum, that millisecond, God puts the light of life into that union. That's what it's talking about here. All things were made by him and nothing and, and, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we behold his glory and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Wow, what awesome words. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. And the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. See, because after the flood, the only law they had was the teaching of Noah. And then when Moses was given the Ten Commandments, that brought law. And if they had just followed the Ten Commandments, it would have been a whole lot simpler. But then, of course, if they had just followed what Adam and Eve were told, don't eat of the fruit, then that would have saved a whole bunch of a lot of trouble. Okay, let's see. I frequently do this. Sometimes I lose my place. Was that 18? 
right? Yes. yes. But no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And this is the record of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he said, I am not. Art thou that prophet? See, because Moses told them that God was going to be sending another prophet. And he answered, No. And then said they to him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Now, that means clean up your act, stop sinning, prepare yourself to receive him. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Esaias. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees, Sadducees, were all having to do with the people that were jealous of Jesus because they wanted all of the attention and the glory. They wanted people to not only listen and obey, but to worship them. And we see pastors today, we see church leaders today, we see rabbis today. That's what they're really wanting. They're wanting the worship of people round about them. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptize thou then, if thou be not the Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water. But there standeth one among you, whom you know not. He it is, whom coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it, I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Betharba, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sand of the world. Now, we've talked about this for many a Sunday, especially the last couple of Sundays. For Jesus to be the Lamb of God, a lot of things had to happen. He had to be born in a specific place, a specific city. Bethlehem. He had to be born in a specific place where the lambs for temple sacrifice were born. He was. Then, to make certain that the lambs don't scratch themselves and make themselves disqualified or unworthy to be the sacrifice, they wrapped them in sheets or swaddling clothes. He was. Then, he has to be approved of the high priest and the high priest approved of Jesus to be killed. He had to be without blemish, without sin, perfect in every way, and Jesus was. So when it says the Lamb of God, that's saying something really, really big. The Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man that is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore, I am come baptizing with water. In other words, John was there to say, Jesus, the Christ, is coming. I'll read 31. And I knew him not, 
but he that should be made manifest to Israel, therefore I am come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. It didn't say it was in the form of a dove or the shape of a dove. It just said he saw that Spirit descending <coughs> like a dove. Okay, But that tends to be you know, like an image that people use. Having from, from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him, and, and I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptized with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Again the next day after John stood, and the two disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned, and they saw them following, and said unto them, What seek ye? And they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, I think it's going to say Master, which is being interpreted Master, Where dwelleth thou? And he said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour, as in sunrise is the first hour, so about ten hours later, what was that, like five or six o'clock in the evening? One of the two which heard John speaking followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother, Simon, and said unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being prepared the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon the son of Jonah, that should be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. The day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and said unto him, Follow me. And now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said unto him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Now let me just say, not having any guile is a very big statement. The only person that could say that would be someone that could see everything in a person past and present to be able to say no guile because the 144 witnesses in their mouth has found no guile for they were without fault before the throne of God so having no guile that's a big thing Nathaniel said unto him whence knowest thou me Jesus answered and said unto him before that Philip called thee when thou wast under the fig tree I saw thee now think about that if some stranger walked up to you and started telling you about your genealogy, started telling you about all of your sins or lack thereof, telling you he just saw you, something you were doing, oh, 5, 10, 20, 30 minutes ago, and it's all accurate, that gets your attention. So if a person wanted to know if Jesus is really the Son of God, if Jesus really had the ability to see like that, it's here. The problem is a lot of times people just don't take the time to check it out. 
49, Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, thou art the son of God, thou art the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, thou believest, believest thou. Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he said unto him, Verily, verily. Now, when the Bible says, Verily, verily, it's not putting an extra word in there for nothing. Can I get you guys to sit over here that way? Because right now you just, they see the back of your heads. Yes, they do. <laughs> if you, could, you guys can move over here. There we go. They can see his part part of the group here. Move that chair a little bit closer to you. Okay, excellent. Excellent. Glad. Glad to have you, by the way. Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he said in verily, verily, meaning it's going to repeat. It means it plays now, but it also plays again in the future. So he said in the verily, verily, I say unto you, hereafter, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So, when did that happen the first time? That happened when Jesus was going down into the water. That also, of course, you know, if you want to back up, it, not, it didn't happen to Jesus, but it happened to um, Jacob. Jacob in the latter. And it also will be happening when Jesus returns again, too. And also when he arose from the dead. Okay, now... I pointed to you next, but you don't necessarily have to read. It's an option. It's it's a choice. <laughs> Do you want to? I love the Word of God, yes. Okay. Uh, where are we? Chapter 2. Okay. And the third day, uh, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Okay, let me say something. There weren't chapter... <clears throat> When it was originally written, there weren't chapters. And so a lot of times, one thing at the end of one chapter is still talking about the next one. So it said, verily, verily, you're going to see angels of God ascending and descending, meaning that's going to repeat. But the marriage, uh, the marriage supper of Cana of Galilee repeats as the marriage supper of the Lamb. And the marriage supper of the Lamb happens, and I don't have my charts up here, but it happens on the last Pentecost, Feast of Pentecost, which is about four months before Jesus returns for the Battle of Armageddon. Okay, so go ahead. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whosoever he, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Now, why did he say that? Why does his mother say that? Mother said that because she's, he, Jesus is saying, Look it, I'm not supposed to be doing any miracles yet. These people are not supposed to be seeing me miracle, doing miracles yet. But Mary had already you know, seen him do miracles. And so she says, All right. Basically, she's saying, all right, I know, I know, you're not supposed to be doing any miracles. Your time is not yet. But then he turns to the other people and she says, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. <laughs> don't ask questions. Don't collect $200. Don't pass go. Whatever he tells you to do, just do it. <laughs> and he did it. Go ahead. And there were set six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. Okay, now. The, the water pots he's talking about there 
when they went to sacrifice animals, they had to have the altar purified, the sacrifice purified, the Sanhedrin purified, the high priest had all of that purified. And the way they did that is they took the ashes of the last red heifer, which was kept in a calile, which is a vessel that is made partly with the dung of the animal, and they would stick a straw, I don't mean a, like a drinking straw, but I mean like a small straw, into the ashes. And then they would sprinkle that, somebody at the front door, they would sprinkle that on these large vats of water. And generally there was like six or eight of them because they didn't want to use too much of those ashes because those ashes typically lasted, you know, like 800 years, 1,200 years. They lasted a long time. And so those were the water vats for the purification. Then they would take a hyssop, which is a, um, a weed that grows wild in Israel, and they would dip it into the water, and they'd sprinkle that on the sacrifice, the Sanhedrin, and all, all and that water purification purified it. Come on, come on in and have a seat. Why don't you, you take those two seats there? Well, Scott's sitting in one. I'm just trying to get you so your head's back of your head. You're okay? No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Brandon should be okay where he's at. No, it's okay. You're okay, Scott. You're okay. Brandon should be okay where he's at. It's okay. Okay, so these were large water pots. That's my point. And those water pots had been ceremonially pure. And everything in the Bible repeats. So for them to get the new wine, the best wine, they had to be pure. What did the pots represent? Very good. <laughs> so what is it saying? It's saying we have to be pure in order to get the new wine. What's the new wine? The new wine is when he blows the, the, uh, the glory down, the morning star, as that morning star hits us, out of our belly flows rivers of living water. That's the new wine. He saves the best wine for last. So these had to be pots that were ceremonially pure. Same thing. If we want to get the new wine, we have to be pure. And of course, there is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood, as in Jesus' blood. So we have to ask Jesus into our heart. We have to be cleaned by his blood so that at the right time, we get the new wine, or the new body, or the glorified body, or eternity. Okay, go ahead. What number are you on? Verse 7. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning does set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. Bingo. See what I'm saying? Our new body, our light body, is going to be so much better than this old stinky flesh body that pains and falls apart. Go ahead. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. After this, he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother and his brethren and his disciples, and they continued there not many days. 
And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables and said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence, make not my father's house and house of merchandise. And his disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Now what did he just say? They were saying, Who are you to correct us? Who are you to tell us that we're doing something wrong? So he didn't turn to them and say, well, I'm God in the flesh. I'm the son of God. I'm the Messiah. You know, I'm the Lamb of God. He didn't say all that. Instead, they said, okay, show us the sign. Jews are always looking for the sign. And even today, they look for a sign. So he did. He said, destroy this temple, and in three days, I'll build it up. Now, they're about to say, what do you mean? You know, 36 years or something like that. This temple was in building. You're going to destroy it and build it back in three. But they weren't talking about the temple they were standing in. He was talking about this temple. And, of course, he came back to life in three days. So did he answer their question for a sign? He answered their question for a sign. Go ahead. Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple in three days. I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building. And wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said these, this unto them. And they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus said. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. And needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Okay, any questions or comments? By the way, uh, if you're watching online, you can click over and send a question or a comment. She's monitoring it. Any questions or comments? Okay. I have one question. Okay. Um, Back where it says, no man has seen God at any time, only the begotten son. um, And so... It says, like, in the Word of God that Jesus reveals the Father to people. So um, what is it where people testify and they see, they say that they've had an encounter and seen the Father themselves, like, in a, in a vision or a dream? I'm not exactly. Can you reword it? Yeah. So, so Jesus um, says that no man knows the Father except by what is revealed through the Son. So people say that they testified and, like, they say, I've seen the Father God in a dream or a vision? I Well, I know a lot of people say, I've, you know, Jesus came to me. And that's not correct. He sent an angel because an angel that Jesus sends speaks as if he is, is Jesus. But Jesus is not coming to people. And the Father is not coming to people either. That's what he has the angel Gabriel for and other messenger angels and things like that. You don't have to read. Would you like to read next? You don't have to read. Would you like to read next? Uh, I've, I've been clearing my throat so. Yeah, me too. 
Been talking. Whoops. No? Read? I'll read. Okay. <laughs> Chapter 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, now hang on. There's the verily, verily again. Remember what that means. That means that this is repeating. It's saying it means something now, but it also means something in the future. Okay, except me man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What's that saying? Well, the first thing is you got to accept Jesus into your life. That's getting born again. But that's not eternal life. That's giving you one day eternal life, but that's not eternal life. So what's the second born again? The second born again is when the morning star blows down from Jesus on the Feast of Trumpets, hits us, as I said, out of our belly flows rivers, rivers of living water, and we get a glorified body, and for us, eternity starts at that moment. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, all of our sins are gone, a new glorified body. At that moment, we got all of our crowns, our rewards, <clears throat> our mantles, whatever blessings we're getting, all happens all in the same moment in the twinkling of an eye. That is the second kingdom. Okay, go ahead. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I, again. I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Okay. So what's being born of the water? Is that being born of mom? Well, you got to be born of mom. But that's not, that's not what he's talking about. He's saying, Unless you receive me, that's the water baptism. And of the Spirit baptism is when the morning star hits you. Boom, like that. Is that good? Make sense? Okay, go ahead. <clears throat> that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. In other words, our glorified body, if you look carefully into Revelation, the temple of God that comes down to heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, says that it has 12 gates on the wall. But it does not say that the actual cube, the actual New Jerusalem, has any windows or doors. Well, how do you get in? Because as a spirit body, we move at the spirit of thought, and we don't need walls and gates. We don't need cars to move around anymore. We go there at the speed of thought. Probably any place on the planet we want to go to at the speed of thought, faster than the speed of light. That's what he's saying here. Must be born again. Now, go ahead. <clears throat> Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. What did it just say? What did it just say? Did it not just say what it just said? Mm -hmm. In a light body, we move like wind. We go any direction we want to in a light body, 
We don't need windows. We don't need doors, right? Okay, go ahead. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe, if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Okay, let's take a minute. Okay, first of 11, <clears throat> barely, rarely, so he's saying it's going to repeat again. We speak that which we know and testify that we've seen, we receive not, and you receive not our witness. So if I've told you of earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? That no man that ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is heaven, meaning no one can tell you that they're going to be able to give you eternal life if they haven't come from heaven, if they haven't come out of the grave themselves, like Buddha and Muhammad, all these other guys claim to be Christ, they're still in the grave. But I've been to Jesus' grave. He's not there. <laughs> I'm sure it's his grave. He's not there. So we have confidence in the word of God. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Now, what was going on there? Do, you, do any of you remember that story? Is it time for the Bible study? It's a good thing we're doing a Bible study, right? All right, so once, uh, can I see your pen? <clears throat> so in the days of Moses, of course, they were down in Egypt, and there were all, all kinds of snakes, cobra snakes and things like that, and a lot of people were getting killed by getting bit by these cobra snakes. So he says, okay, take a cross, and put the, a, a brass serpent up on this cross and hold it up. And anybody that looks at this, even though they've been bitten by a serpent snake or a serpent, they will be healed. And it happened. Now, of course, in the medical profession today, we see the sign is a rod with a snake wrapped around it. In other words, they're trying to say, if you look towards this snake, okay, but what's it really saying is, if you want to be healed, you have to look at the serpent having been killed by the cross. Does that make sense? So when we look to Jesus, that has, there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. And prevailed not, neither was a place found any more in heaven. So Jesus defeated the serpent by the cross. So that's what it's really saying. That's what he's referring to here. Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. You know what I just realized? I prayed on the way, but we didn't pray before we started. So I prayed. We have a church next door which is one of the reasons we used to meet in the other room. We might need to have to go back to that. Yeah. I feel like banging on the wall. It's Spanish. I don't know what they're saying. This is a church. But anyway, so let's pray. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we know that wisdom and might are yours. You change the times and seasons. You removeth kings and setteth up kings. You giveth wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. And we know that no one can understand your word except the Holy Spirit opens the understanding to them. And we gather tonight in the name of Jesus, and we gather and ask you to show us the deep and secret things. Help us to understand this. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, especially John. You know, John is one of the deeper books. And if a person's going to understand it, they have to have the Lord showing them. And that's the reason, boy, don't let me do that again. We've got to make certain we always pray before we get started. But again, you know, it's been a while since we've had a Bible study, so I'll... <laughs> that's my excuse. Where were we now? Okay, go ahead. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the con condemnation that light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Okay, let's, uh, let's talk about that. <clears throat> when I was in high school, I visited family up in Vancouver, Washington. And they kept telling me, well, this is like a, a missionary zone. There are very few Christians up there. Now I look at it some 40 years later, and wow, well, that place is... I mean, they say that Portland, you can't walk down the street safely. There's homeless every place. And the reason they're homeless is not because they can't get a job alone. It's that they've taken so many drugs, their brain is fried. They're, you know, they can't hold a job. I remember in Topeka, one time, one of the congregational members that some of the people had found on the street and brought him in, I remember they told me, they said, yeah, well, first thing we had to do was wash all of the lice off of them, bringing them into church. And after he'd been going to church a couple of years, and so finally I had a private conversation with him. I said, Tony, why don't you get a job? And he started tearing up. And he said, Pastor, he said, there's nothing more than I would like to have than to have a job. I said, but... I get a job, even if it's something simple like flipping burgers at McDonald's or something. And he said, I just can't hold a thought. I can't, I can't think and do what I need to do. And he said, I just make too many mistakes. And he said, after a day or so, they let me go. So every one of them, I get a job, I lose a job. I can't hold a job. And a lot of times, because we've sinned, because we've stepped off into darkness, at that point, we don't want the light. And that's what he's saying here. 
at this point, they love the darkness. They, they love the drugs. They love <coughs> the sin. They love the world and the things of the world. I heard one person say, well, if you just follow your heart, it, your heart will lead you right. That's wrong. Because <laughs> the Bible says your heart is continually wicked. Yes, who can know it? Very good. By the way, that's, that's, that's what we need in a Bible study, to be able to know the scriptures that much. So if we follow what's in our heart naturally, we do the wrong thing. So it's saying here, we need to choose the light. And that's the reason we gather in a Bible study, because if we don't keep going to church, if we don't keep always striving, reading the Bible, striving to walk the narrow way, striving to get closer to Jesus then the world starts coming back in. It starts very subtly. It's a word that slipped here. It's a look that shouldn't have been there. It's a wrong thought. It's a wrong attitude here. And then before long, we're back in the world. I, I, Leslie like watch, likes watching this uh, 2020. And it's like fingers on a chalkboard to me for several reasons, which I won't go into. But I watched it last night. I was made to watch it last night. <laughs> if you understand. If you've been married a while, you understand. Okay. Don't always get what you want in marriage, right? So I was made to watch it. And this man and woman fell in love. The story is they were doing great, going to Bible study, going to church, reading their Bible, really involved. And then they got involved with some friends. And then they started drinking. And they got more involved with more friends. Had more friends over. Got to drinking more. And then finally they said, well, they, they, they got into having an open marriage where they were actually going to bed with some of their other friends and doing the swap thing, the marriage swap. The woman wanted to get back in church and back in the Bible. Couldn't make the husband get back in the Bible. Fast forward a couple of years. And the woman started running around with another man. And the man says the woman coaxed him into killing his husband. Anyway, the guy that she was running around with did take a gun and put two bullets into him and kill him. If we don't constantly read and study and try to get closer to Jesus, stay, that's the reason I started the Bible study again. I don't know if you need it. I need it. <laughs> I need it. I need it. I need it. This, I, I, we always have to work to get closer to Jesus because it's like, it's like a bucket with a hole in it. You, you pour it in there. You, you pour the water, but it leaks out of the bottom. We have to constantly pour it in all the time or we start falling away. We fall in and it's really easy to do. Okay, I think we're in 22, right? Yes. Go ahead. After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them and baptized. And John also was baptizing in Anon near, good. near Salim because there was much water there, and they came and were baptized. You're a pretty good reader. Those are some <laughs> tough words there. That's good. Okay, good. You're, you're hard. Okay, well, you're a reader from now. <laughs> For John was not yet cast into prison, 
Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. He that hath received his testimony hath set to his seal that God is true. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son, and hath given all things into his hand. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Very good. Questions or comments? Anything on the internet yet? Not yet. They're listed. They're all. They're How many all are watching? Uh, we are at 23 right now. We were at 28. Okay, good. All right. Chapter 4. You want me to read and do this at the same time? Yeah. And when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and, parted, and departed again unto Galilee, or into Galilee. And he, must, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city, the, a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave his son, Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus at the well, and, was about, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus, Jesus said unto her, Give me a drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou, being a Jew, askest a drink, asketh a drink of me, which I am woman? I am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Now, what is the living water? Okay, the blood of Jesus, that's correct. What else? Yes. There's a pure river of water of life flowing from the throne of God. So there's a whole nother living water. Remember, the, the tree of life has full manner of fruit and bear the leaves each month, and leaves with the healing in the nations. And apparently, the leaves heal the nations. We don't need it. We don't need any healing. 
but that water apparently has a glow from God and it flows down into the valley and the nations drink of that water and it heals them. And there's another scripture in Revelation that says, and he shall hunger no more, nor thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat, for the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and lead them into living fountains of water, and they shall wipe God's wipe away all tears from their eyes. Meaning, that water that flows from the throne of God is the ultimate and the final fulfillment of the living water. So, the Bible is constantly repeating. Yes, it happens here, happens here, and a lot of times it even happens here, too. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> says, The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. The well is deep, from whence thou hast, from whence then hast thou the living water, or that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. There you go. There we go. <clears throat> the woman said and saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus said unto her, Go. Call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is only thy husband. And I think I got confused there. Thou hast now hast is not thy husband. Read 18 again. Let me read that one again. <laughs> the red's messing with my eyes. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, in that saidest thou truly. Now, what's he really saying? He's really saying, you've been to bed with five different men, and the one you're sleeping with right now is not your husband. That'll get your attention. It got her attention. Go ahead. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in, in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to, to worship. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mount, either, neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews." But that the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth and in truth. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> now, how do we worship in spirit and in truth? Well, right now we're worshiping in truth. But one of these days when we have that new glorified body, we can worship in spirit. So that's what he's saying. You got to. He's talking this world, but he's also talking in eternity too. I think. Can I say something? Sure. Okay. Um, when it talks about the water, um, and it, Jesus said, um, Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. 
Um, that is actual like a real experience that you can have. I mean, I've actually felt that happen. You can have it now. My belly opened up. I could feel it open up on the right side and the left side. And I was ministering to people and I could feel a rushing, um, a spiritual power coming out from that and moving towards the people. That's the first fulfillment. But the final fulfillment will be when we get our glorified body. Good. Okay. Where are you now? I'm at 25. Okay, go ahead. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah hath come, or cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he had talked with the woman, yet no man had said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman left. Her, the woman then left her water pot and went away into the city and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me of all, all things that I, had, I ever did. Is this, is this not the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he saith, he saith unto them, I have meat to eat and you, that ye not know of. Therefore the, the, said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? And Jesus saying to them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye that are yet four months, and ye, then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes and look into the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Okay, hang on. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to look and see where things repeat. Do, does anybody see how number 35 repeats? We don't have my charts in here. Melissa, could you get me one of my books right quick? Laying on that table out there, I think. Yeah, secret door. You know, you were talking about back on uh, 13, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, that whole part. Uh, that references back, I was looking at my notes, back to uh, Ezekiel chapter 36 and Isaiah chapter 12. So you, that's showing you're talking about repeating. That goes all the way back to the prophets. It, pretty much the, the Bible continues to repeat. Okay, so now when we're talking about four months of the harvest, that is found in this chart. Okay, so <clears throat> the next time Jesus returns, if I can hold this up here, he returns here on first fruits. This is where he resurrects 144,000 one-year-old Jewish boys. They walk with Jesus around for 50 days. Then on Pentecost is the marriage supper of the Lamb we are just talking about. We go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, He comes forth and He feeds us. Then, about four months later, what did it say here? There are yet four months and then the harvest. Mm -hmm. That's four months and then the harvest. The harvest is here. There's four months and then the harvest. But I say unto you, lift up your eyes, look on the fields, for they are white already in harvest. Meaning, the people are already now ready to receive Jesus. I have to wait until here. That's what he's saying. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I'm to find my 
spot? I think it's 39, right? Is it 36? Okay. Really? Okay. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And here is herein is that same okay, truth. Okay, what, what did that mean? He that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. One plants, another waters, but the Lord gives the increase. So you may say something to someone and they don't want to hear about Jesus today, but then down the road they say, all right, you're the second one to talk to me about this same thing. And so they'll receive Jesus. So one sows, the other reaps. He says, so he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. So somehow we get to share in that blessing with that soul. Okay, go ahead. Did I stop at 37? Yes. Okay, thank you. And here is, and herein is that saying, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestoweth no labor. Other men labored, and, yet, and ye are entered into their labors. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for saying of the woman, which saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that I ever did. So that when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. How long did he abode there? Two days. And how long is it from the time Jesus arose from the dead to when he returns again? Mm-hmm. About two days. Days a thousand years, a thousand years is a day. Go ahead. Okay. And said unto the woman, Now you believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Now after two days he departed thence and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet that hath no honor in his own country. Then there was, then when he came, when he was coming to Galilee, the Galileans received him having seen all these things that he had did at Jerusalem at the feast. For they also went unto the feast. So Jesus came in again to Cana of Galilee. And there he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come and deal with his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, my Come down ere my child die. Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word, and that Jesus had spoken unto him, or spoken unto him, and he went his way. And he as he was now going down his as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying that thy son liveth. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour of the fever left him. So the father knew that it, it, was as, it was at the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed that, he, that his whole house, 
believed in his whole house. And it, <laughs> and this is, again, the second miracle that Jesus did when he had, has come out of Judea into Galilee. Okay, any comments? Questions? Okay. Jesus said, if you believe in me and the works that I do, greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. As I've told you guys a lot of times, I promise it really happened. Uh, August 8th, 2015, Saturday night, Lord, what do I say? The sermon tomorrow morning, and I heard words. It said, this is the time of miracles. As the judgment hits, so are my miracles. Miracles like no one has ever seen. Tell them, I will never leave them nor forsake them. But I'm going to meet the devil, inch for inch, step for step, pound for pound, everything he does, I'm going to meet him. And I believe that we are not far away from a time when great miracles. But also, you know, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles going forth into the kings of the earth and to the whole world to gather them to the great battle of, God, of, of that day of God Almighty. So, there's going to be great miracles done by Christians. But towards the very last, there's also going to be great miracles done by demons. So in Jesus' day, the miracles could say, yeah, this is the truth. I mean, they did, the miracles were following. The miracles were confirming the word. But we have to be careful in our day because there's going to come a time when miracles will deceive many. Be, be very careful about miracles. Don't necessarily follow them. Okay, chapter 5. Is there another comment? No comments? No questions online? Not yet. They're all listening. They're all like they are listening? Yes. Okay, if somebody is listening, let us know. <laughs> chapter 5. <clears throat> After this, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there was at Jerusalem, by the sheep market, a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. I've been there. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moment of the moving of the water. Now, let me explain. As we were there, the tour guide explained that up above was where the, they believed the temple was. And at the end of each day, they washed up. And part of what they washed up was to wash up the altar where all of the sacrificing of the, the animals had taken place. Not a lot of water in Israel then. There's not a lot of water in Israel today. But they believed that when they washed, that water ran down through the crack in the rocks. And that's the reason it made the water move there. And then when the water moved, then the first person jumped in was healed because their sins were forgiven because of the animal sacrifice water running down. That, that's what they believe happened. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us all that. But that's, and we don't know that that's true, but it makes sense. In these days, lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season of the pool and troubled the water, which is not in line with what I just told you that the, the, uh, the, the tour guide said. And trouble the water, whosoever, 
Then first after the troubling of the water, stepped in and was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty-eight years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in the case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent man answered him, saying, Sir, I have no man, when the water is troubled, to, me, to put me into the, water, the pool. But when I am coming, another steppeth down before me. And Jesus said unto him, Rise, take thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. On the same day was the Sabbath. And the Jews therefore said unto him, That was cured. It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? In other words, they're going to get him in trouble because they're really, really big on following the law but not the Spirit. And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Now, what does that mean? Jesus conveyed himself away. There are a lot of times that they sought him and he just disappeared right in front of them. Just gone. Conveyed himself away. 14. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. What's that saying to us? A lot of times our infirmities, our diseases, a lot of times the things that fall apart in our life are coming on us because of our sins. Yeah, very good. Very good. <laughs> the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jesus persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal to God. <coughs> then answered Jesus and said unto him, Verily, verily, those are the two words again. Verily, verily, I say unto you, The son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father do. Now, I have often thought, so does God show Jesus like in a dream the night before what to do? Does he see it like right then, you know? I've often That's wondered, you know, that just shows him what you show right him. Yeah, shows him what to do. Well, as you're young, you don't have to be a vision, right? I think it's multiple ways. I think there, there was many. E, all of the above? Many, I think it was many multiple ways. For example, the woman at the well that we just read about, um, you know, someone, and I'm not saying this is, this is what happened because he's God and he knows all things, but... What if someone walked up to him and said, this is that lady who has five husbands and relayed all this information right before he went to talk to that woman. Um, it's been my experience uh, that, and I've had this happen before, I'll be honest. I've, I've had a pastor at a church one time um, that the Lord had me have a word for him. And I got a phone call and someone said, oh, uh, you go to church with this so-and-so pastor and um, I was like, yeah, and they were like, you know, I happen to go to the church where he used to be. 
out of the whole country, this was another state. And I was too immature at the time to really understand what God was trying to do. Because um, I thought, I don't want to know all these things about my pastor. Don't tell me all this stuff. But I believe God wanted me to lace the word with words of knowledge to open up this man's heart for what God wanted to say. And so I see that it comes from different, <laughs> from a lot of different ways. It's not congenial. It doesn't seem to me to always be one way that God speaks, like through a vision or through a dream. There's many multitude of ways that God can speak to someone and give a word. I'll agree with that. Uh, they, it, when he wants to talk, he will talk. And he never says this is God. It's like you already know who's talking. He doesn't say. He doesn't identify himself. You can turn that on. Is that one on? We should two, just have one on. Let's yeah, turn that one on. on. Yeah, let's turn that one off. That way it doesn't echo back and forth. Audio guy here. Okay. <laughs> Rarely, rarely, uh, verse 19, Rarely, rarely, I say unto you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, for what things soever he doeth. These also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. For as the Father raised up the dead, and quickeneth him, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. That's really an important verse. Let me read it again. The Father judges no man, but hath given all judgment unto the Son. So who is the judge at the great white throne? Who is the judge at the Feast of Trumpets for the Battle of Armageddon? Jesus. Who is the judge right now today? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is the judge. He is the righteous judge, period. 23, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father, which has sent him. Verily, rarely, there it is again. I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on me, that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. That happened when Jesus arose out of the grave. There was some 500 people that were seen walking all over Jerusalem. For as the Father hath life in himself, so has he given to the Son to have life in himself. What's he saying? Jesus said, no one takes my life. I lay it down. If I lay it down, I take it up. He killeth, he maketh alive. How's it say? Deuteronomy 32, I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal, and neither can any deliver out of my hand. He is and always has been the righteous judge. Now I lost my place. Where was I? For as the Father hath life in himself, so has he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which that all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and shall come forth. They that have done good unto resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto resurrection of damnation. Now, what group of people is it that he's talking about there? Now, I'll give you a hint. 
not us. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books are open. It's this one. He's talking to the Jews. He's talking to the people here that do not know him. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books are open. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. This is the judgment of atonement, those people that never had the opportunity to receive Jesus. Then this is the judgment where the dead in Christ rise first. So they're out of the grave. The morning star comes down and hits those people that are on the earth, standing on the earth, or have just been raised out of the grave in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last That happens here. Two different kinds of judgments. That understanding only comes when you memorize the book of Revelation. Trust me, I never saw that before. Is that cool? All right, now I lost my place again. <clears throat> Thank you. I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just. Because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that beareth witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnessed of me is true. You sent unto John, and he bare witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from man. But these things I say, that you may be saved. He was a burning and a shining light, and you were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. What is burning and shining light? Morning star. Morning star, that's right. Morning star. <laughs> but I have greater witness than that of John, for the works which the Father hath given unto me to finish the works that I do. Bear witness of me, and the Father has sent me. And the Father himself, which has sent me, hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither uh, heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. And ye have not his word abiding in you. For whom has sent he has sent him ye believe not. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. And ye, ye will not come to me, ye that have, I'll try it again, and ye will not come to me, ye, that ye have eternal life. Try it again. And ye have not come to me, that ye might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you, that ye have not the love of God in you. I come in my Father's name, and receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. Who's that talking about? The Antichrist. Okay? Jesus comes in his Father's name. They don't receive him. But the Antichrist is going to come saying, I'm the greatest. And him will you will receive. And the Jews will, many of them will receive the Antichrist. How can you, how, 44, how can you believe which receive honor of another? And seek not the honor that cometh from God only. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom you trust. For ye had believed, for had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me, for he wrote of me. 
But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? How are we doing our time? Question? Yes. We have a question. Finally. Finally. It says, doesn't that mean that as a believer we have already been judged? Well, there's a lot of judgments. We've already been judged while we're in the room in the in the womb because judgment goes back up to ten generations. So before we were born, we're already starting the judgment. And then as we get born, our parents, as they bless or as they are are sinning, some of that judgment still comes down on us as children. And then as we start doing our own sins, more of that judgment or more of that blessing comes down on us. So there's a constant judgment. But the judgment, the great judgment, there are only two. And that is the Feast of Trumpets This next time we gotta get my big charts up. Yeah, okay. The Feast of Trumpets and the Feast of Atonement. Those are the two big. This is for all of those that had the opportunity to receive Jesus. This one is for those people that are dead that did not have the opportunity to receive Jesus. So, all right, well, we got nine minutes left. Any questions or comments? How was tonight? How many did think it was good? Thought it was helpful? Glad you came. I saw this go as high as 38. I'm sorry? I saw this count go as high as 38. Well, you know, that's pretty good for such short notice. Mm-hmm. What What were we up to before? There was time we had 50 or 60, wasn't there? That was your, I don't know if that was during Bible study or not, but I don't know. Okay. Well, yeah. you know, this was with practically, you know, no notice at all. But hopefully we'll get some more. Now, do we need to move in there the next time? Or is this okay? This is, I think this is good. I yeah. Nobody said anything about background noise, so I asked them. Nobody complained. <laughs> okay. Um, so back to this. So how is this helpful tonight? Anybody? So before I came here today, God was speaking to me. Before I came here, God was specifically speaking to me about wine and wineskin um, and telling me things about that. And that was exactly the passages that you had asked me to read. So it's very confirming for today. This is my daily bread from God. This is living word, living water in my life. I remember one lady. <clears throat> matter of fact, I've got a couple of testimonies I'll give. I was still living in Topeka, Kansas, which was 18 years ago. So this had to be about like 20 years ago. And a lady called me that had attended our Bible study when we were living up in Omaha, which was in like 1989, 1990. We were up there for a couple of years. And she said, I just wanted to call. I went to a lot of trouble to look you up, find out where you are. And I I wanted to call and say thank you for your Bible study because, you know, she was young, like 17, 18, 19 years old in that ballpark. She says, I went off to the Godless College and she said, had I not been in your Bible study and had a lot of the Word of God put in me, I would have fallen away and I would probably be off in the world someplace. 
But because I had that foundation in me, I was able to resist and stay the course. I had another lady that came into this Bible study for several years. And she went down to visit some of her friends in another country. And they said, well, we want you to meet our pastor. So she went to meet the pastor. And the pastor was like, all messed up. Had some crazy ideas about the Bible. And she started telling, well, the Bible says this. And she said, no, (laughs) the Bible doesn't say that. Well, the Bible says this. No, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says this. Show me the Bible. It doesn't say that. Of course, the pastor couldn't show her in the Bible because she knew the Bible. When you know the Bible, then the devil can't trick you. And believe me, there's going to be a lot of tricks coming up. Yes. Get the mic. Oh, you have a comment. Yes. This is the guy that runs the video in the back that you never get to see. Doug, go so ahead. So when I came back to the Lord, when he brought me back, the, within a few months, he stuck me into apologetics. And I spent my, over a good year in apologetics, just studying it continually. And just like the word says, sanctify the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. If Jesus is not sanctified in your heart, you're gone. Something will be turned, you know, they'll say something, someone will say something, and you'll be like, really? Questioning it. While if the Lord's sanctified in your heart, you don't care what they say. It doesn't matter to you. (laughs) Explain apologetics to those that don't know. Apologetics is um, pretty much proving your faith. a lot of people say, you know, faith is a invisible thing. Well, that's actually a lie. Faith is very tangible, and it becomes very real the more you actually start to study, start to understand, start to see the evidence that's out there. Okay. Someone else, how is it helpful? None? Okay. All right, well, then let's pray and we will dismiss. Lord, we covered five wonderful chapters in your Bible tonight, and we thank you for your anointing in the room. Thank you that you've opened our eyes and our heart to know and understand. And put this deep in our heart that we would not forget, that we would not sin against you. And Lord, we know that we are living in the last days And we ask you to continue to be with us, speaking to us, guiding us, directing us. Don't let us fall. Don't let us take the mark of the beast. Continue to be with us and bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, next week, 6.30 Central Time, right here.